What is up, everybody? The boys are back in town. We're back. Dylan James, JT, alongside me, as always. So, one thing before we start the show. This has nothing to do with sports at all. But listen, when you're driving in a monsoon like that, abide by the rules, do everyone a favor, and don't turn on your hazard lights. There's so many people in Florida who think that Turning on your hazard lights will actually make it better. No, it won't make it better. Don't be stupid. Keep your hazard lights off. <laughs> Rant over. I'm just... T- I, I'm. It's aggravating. I, I, I drive by people and I flash my lights at them saying, Hey, you're being an idiot. Turn off your flashers. No, no. Um, I totally agree with you, Dylan, on that one. It's just... I mean, I understand why people might think they do it with tourists... Putting the headlights on because I don't want you to think that you're hitting the car. But come on, just, just drive slow or pull on the side of the road if you can't see. I don't know why they think that's going to do anything. It's not. You can still get hit. You can still get hit. What if you have... I had an 18-wheeler <laughs> by me and it's, it's a pile of uh, water all over my car, man. And it like, could be dangerous. What if somebody with epilepsy drives by and has like a seizure because of the lights? That's dangerous. It's putting everyone else at risk. No, I agree. I'm just saying. Don't just, do it. Just pull over to the side of the road, man. Let the weather clear. And then once the clouds are clear, then you can go. If you're a friend of the show, don't drive with your hatchet lights on. And please wear your seatbelt. This Very important. Sponsor, you're sponsored by Out of Bounds. The Department of Transportation. <laughs> and the Department of Transportation. <laughs> so, welcome to the show. We haven't been here in two weeks because we've been, well, actually one week. Yeah, we only about, missed one week. About a week and a half. A week and a half. We only missed one week. Yeah, but you, you were Don't busy worry, we're back. At Copper Creek, man. I was, yeah. They I, were Copper Creek was crazy. <laughs> Copper Creek was crazy. We just opened that up with Disney Vacation Club, and I was working several events there, and I'm telling you, it was a lot of work, but it was a great experience. It was fantastic. We had a great time um, showing off the new models to prospective, yeah, prospective members and current members. So it was a lot of fun. We had a great time. Yeah, how was your stay? It was awesome. It was very, very good. We actually stayed in a in a studio over in Copper Creek. We stayed there overnight, and it was fantastic. The room was great. The cast members over there were fantastic. So it's definitely one of those things that uh, you need to check out. If you haven't checked out Disney Vacation Club before, you need to because it's it's great. I loved it. Anyway, um, so let's move on to some sports news. Jump right into it. For the NFL, the Spring League Showcase just happened. JT, do you have any updates from that? Yes, it happened on July 15th. Uh, It was in Napa, California. So basically the Spring League Showcase is basically an event where it gets former players or players who are out of contract with the team an opportunity to scrimmage, play some games, and they'll have scouts from other NFL teams go scout them to see if they're worthy of getting a contract down the road so how they're developing this league is they kind of want to it's not affiliated with the nfl but they want to make it to like a professional like a semi-pro league kind of thing where they bring players they play like maybe six eight games a season during the spring and they get the showcase players who didn't get drafted or former players or players who are out of contract to try to get on a team and they help develop them to try to give them the opportunity to get a contract. So some players that were at this event this past week, one of them was uh, Glenn Coffey. Uh, Glenn Coffey was a former running back in the NFL for the 49ers. So he was there. 
they also had Fred Taylor. Fred Taylor was a running back. You know, oh, yeah, from the Buffalo Jaguars, Bills. Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Yep, so he was there as well. They also had Anthony Dixon. He was there. I believe Anthony Dixon was the one who retired because he wanted to do ministry, and then he went to join the, the Army, and then he came out of the Army, and now he's trying to get back in the NFL. Okay. And they also had former Pro Bowler Greg Hardy. He was there as well. Wow. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if any of these guys – oh, I'm sorry. That was Glenn Coffey. That was Glenn Coffey, guys talked about earlier, not Anthony Dixon. Okay. He was the one who – Went to the military he was, and all that kind of stuff. He left, retired after one year to do the ministry, and then he wanted to do the military. Then he came back, and now he's trying to get back in the NFL. Very good. So – Any yeah. signings from that day yet? Um, as of right now, no. But um, – the scouts are definitely keep a lookout. You know, training camp is starting in about six days. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think they break it into where the rookies come first, then the veterans, and then anybody else who they pick up who haven't who are based on a trial. Yeah, yeah. Will go join later on within a week. So, um, Glenn Coffey, his goal, he said, is to uh, try to perform enough to uh, play in the training camp and hope to get a contract to play this season. So, it'll be fun to see. Um, get your HBO and watch some Hard Knocks, I guess, and we'll see who's going to make the team. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so on to Carolina Panthers. Speaking of Greg Hardy, the Carolina Panthers fired their GM, Dave Gettleman, this week, six days before training camp starts. Um, and Marty Hernley is returning on an interim basis. So what do you think was the tipping point of the firing of this GM from the Carolina Panthers? Well, from the Carolina Panthers, there's been a lot of speculation some people think Cam Newton, Cam Newton was uh, involved, even though he's saying he's not. Um, some people say that you know the team was kind of surprised with the firing. Like we talked about earlier, Dylan, these GMs they, they just can't catch a break in this off season, you know, with these weird timings of the, the firings, and it's kind of weird with um, Dave Gettleman because Dave Gettleman he. When he was there, brought in the team for they had three successful seasons. They went to the playoffs. They went to the Super Bowl, where they lost to the Broncos a few years ago. And then, of course, this past season, all the wheels came off. They finished six and ten. And maybe the, the Carolina Panthers ownership just decided, you know, it's time to make a change. And the timing is questionable, considering that we're this close to the NFL season. We're literally fifty days away from the kickoff for the NFL season. So. They decide to bring in Marty Hernley. He was the, G, the former GM, and he was let go because the Panthers, they had a bad start in 2012 and went 1-5. That's why he was let go. So they're just bringing him in on an interim basis to kind of stay the ship until they find somebody down the road. I just think that you know with the Carolina Panthers, they have Cam Newton, a very solid quarterback, who they put so much on his shoulders for him to be the team. So I think that at a certain point, it's... It's hard to watch that team because there's some talent on that team, but it's not showcased because of Cam Newton being there, and Cam Newton likes to run, and if he feels as though he can't get a ball in a certain place, then he just decides to tuck it and run, and so, you know, he's trying to do way too much on that team. The team was not very good last season at all compared to the season before, and it's, you know, I think a little bit of it had to go with Josh Norman leaving, going to the Washington Redskins, and, you know, making that 
backfield um, of cornerbacks a little less steady than it was the year before. They also uh, let another player go too. I'm trying to remember his name right now. Was it a running back? They let go. Uh, D'Angelo Williams D'Angelo was already Williams. with Pittsburgh. He's yeah. been with Pittsburgh two seasons, I believe mm-hmm. now. So I mean, but yeah. he was another player that was let go. There were some pieces that were yeah. let go within the past two years that, oh, that's right. that uh, shouldn't Steve have been. Steve Smith, he was let go mm-hmm. two years yeah. ago. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, there were pieces on that team that they should have kept that they didn't. So you know, I, I think they're just shooting themselves in the foot. And it was, I mean, if you think about it, it was the GM's fault. It was Gettleman's fault from the very beginning for them to be losing these players so quickly and getting rid of them and making bad trades, bad moves in the draft. So I think it's about time that they actually do something in Carolina because, I mean, next, I think the biggest move they need to make is firing that head coach because Ron Rivera is not doing a good job in Carolina, and he's only had one good season in my mind. Uh, I know you said they've been to the playoffs several times and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But they have not made deep runs in the playoffs except for one time, and they went to the Super Bowl. Once they got, once they hit that spark, and they got to the Super Bowl, they were great. But then after that, the fire just was burnout, man. It, it's just not not a good situation in Carolina. And if they don't do anything this season, if they don't go above five hundred this season, then Ron Rivera will be on the hot seat, and I believe that he will be the next one to go. Yeah, for Carolina, you know the the NFC South is is very competitive. You know the Atlanta Falcons, you know went to Super Bowl last year. I think the Atlanta Falcons are going to be much better and improved. Uh, of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneers with uh, James Winston running that team. You can't count them out. And, of course, Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. So, yeah, the, the clock is ticking on Carolina to try to get stuff figured out. Or, like you said, if they have to a bad start, Ron Rivera looks like he's going to be out the door. Well, next we're going to be talking about the Dallas Cowboys. They are listed by Forbes magazine as the most valuable NFL team in the league, valued at 4.2 billion dollars that's not an m that's a b billion dollars that's incredible wow how about them cowboys how about them cowboys <laughs> you know and the thing is I, i've always said this with them having the moniker of america's team it's so it's so just i don't, I don't get it I, I i know it's a it's self-proclaimed the dallas cowboys came up with that slogan during a marketing campaign years ago and it just kind of stuck. And so people are always like, oh, yeah, Dallas Cowboys are America's team. So speaking of America's team, who do you think in this day and age is America's team? Do you think it's still the Dallas Cowboys or do you think it's somebody else? Look, if I have to be honest, the only – unfortunately, it's not the Tennessee Titans. I wish it was, not. but Which, it's not. Because our colors are red, white, and blue. <laughs> we have good colors to be an America's team, but however we're not. I can assure you it's not the New England Patriots. Sorry, Pete. It's, it's it's not them. But unless you're from Boston, but I know and I know they've been you know winning championships lately. So you can make an argument with the Patriots. But to me, honestly, I believe America's team is the Green Bay Packers. And the reason I say that because pretty much anywhere you go across the country, there are, those Green Bay Packer fans come all over the place. Yeah. Like when we went to when I went to Nashville last year, when they played the Titans in November, I went to their game and. I can honestly tell you, there were more cheeseheads at that game than there were Titans. Now, the, the Titans, they won that game. That's not saying much, though. I know. That's not saying much. But I, I'm I, saying, because I went to the last Titans game I ever went to was against San Francisco 49ers, and there were more 49ers fans there than there were Titans fans. So I don't think that's that's technically a good comparison. I see where you're going with it, but 
it's you know it's very easy to say oh there's the away team has more people at that stadium than the Titans do because nine times out of ten that's the case. Yeah, but I just think Green Bay they just have that following. Not only that, Green Bay is the only team in the league that is fan owned. They don't have an owner. Yeah. So the city owns the that city, team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think the Green Bay Packers have a legit argument. Another team that you could may put up there is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ah, no, no, no. <laughs> They've won five, what, four or five championships? So, I don't you care. Know, they, uh, I don't care. The, the when was the last time they won a cha- When was the last time they won a championship? <laughs> um, I want to say it was. What was it? Was it 2009? It was Pittsburgh versus when they Arizona. Beat Arizona, Kurt yeah. Warner, yeah, in Tampa. I think yeah. that was the last time they won. That was the last time though. though. So they did win in 2011 with in Dallas where they played the Packers, but the Packers won that Super Bowl. It's been almost a decade, yeah. since they won last. Mm-hmm. That's saying something. I'm sure DVC would promote that the Seattle Seahawks should be America's team, but that's that's sorry. Even, that, that's that's a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> that's a stretch. I, I would have to say that of all teams, I do like the Green Bay Packers. I I, I do think that they are up there. When it comes to this list, however, in this day and age, in this decade, in the past 15 years, I would say that the New England Patriots are the ones that are America's team because of how much they win, because America loves to win. Believe me, America loves to win. Um, They love to win, and the Packers, I mean, the Patriots do a lot of winning. The Packers do too, but the Patriots win championships. So... Their colors are red, white, and blue. It's just... The New York Giants colors are red, white, and blue. <laughs> well, well, Eli's up there. So, I mean, Eli's probably the best thing they have in that team, is Eli, Eli Manning. And even he is not the best player. So, Well, the crazy thing with the Cowboys being worth $4.2 billion is that they are ranked much higher than like the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees, they're valued at $3.7 billion. And then you have... Manchester United, they're valued at $3.69 billion. The three soccer teams, FC Barcelona, $3.64 billion. Real Madrid, $3.58 billion. Your New England Patriots, who we just talked about, they're valued at $3.4 billion. Wow. New York Knicks, $3.3 billion. New York Giants, we all just talked about too, $3.1 billion. Yeah. Then the San Francisco 49ers, $3 billion. And the Lakers are also valued at $3 billion. It's incredible to think how many soccer teams are actually on that list. But, I mean, it's being an international sport. That's that's the biggest thing. But, you know, I'm actually surprised the Yankees are so high up there. Especially a baseball franchise. Because well, the Yankees, they've had that history. They've been around for 100 years. And, and they, they, they've they, won so many championships. I would say they are America's team when it comes to baseball. Um, or the Braves, because the Braves have such a huge, you know... Um, fan base down in the southeast it's a very very large fan base i think the braves could possibly yeah because the braves for a while they were the south's only team until the nationals came and then of course the rays and mm-hmm. the um the miami marlins so, yeah yeah, yeah. I, you know but it's it's interesting to see a baseball team still high up there based on the viewership based on the fans they have for that sport i don't think it's as big as it used to be so it's just it's kind of surprising to see that it's high up there but i mean it's not a surprise that an nfl team is number one on that list so um moving on to another cowboy actually ezekiel elliott his case is likely to be suspended due to victims and the witnesses being uncooperative in the case say the dallas pd down there in texas so what do you think about this whole case, JT? Do you think that there's going to be anything done to Ezekiel Elliott in the next season? It depends if Roger Goodell finds a video or not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the only way. I yeah. mean, yeah. I mean, last I heard was that Ezekiel Elliott, there were reports saying that 
He was involved in a bar fight this weekend. We don't know if that's true or not. That's just one thing we've heard. We also heard that a woman or someone claimed that he uh, basically assaulted someone. We don't know the case on how that's going to turn out. All I can say is this. The NFL usually doesn't mess around with this kind of stuff. But knowing Jerry Jones, he was going to want evidence that from the NFL that proves that it's worthy enough of suspension. So we'll just have to monitor and see what, what comes out in the next coming weeks. But it's not looking good for Ezekiel Elliott right now, that's for sure. If there is no legal action or no um, repercussions for Ezekiel Elliott from the NFL, do you think the Cowboys will do anything to Ezekiel Elliott in-house? I don't think so. Knowing Jerry Jones, I don't think so because of the players he's brought in the past that they don't cause that we know they've been troublemakers. Yeah, Greg Hardy, Greg Hardy Des Bryant. Bryant. Yeah, he, and he hasn't done much to them, so I can't, I don't see why he's going to treat Ezekiel Elliott any differently. Yeah, I I completely agree with that one. So moving on to the Washington Redskins, the Washington Redskins quarterback Kirk Cousins gets the franchise tag yet again for this upcoming season. Are you surprised by this news at all? No, because. To me, it sounds like the Redskins and Kirk Cousins are playing a game of chicken. Chicken. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, I don't know. That one side is saying, oh, we, we like Kirk Cousins. We want to make him a uh, French court. The, the, you know how this game goes. Just shout the Show money. Show the money, man. Show Look me the money, baby. Derek Carr getting that money. Show me the money, baby. Oakland, you know? So, it sounds like to me that Kirk Cousins... I think he feels spiteful because, remember, him and RG3 got drafted the same year. And Dan Snyder made it very clear from the very beginning, I love RG3. He's my pick. I'm giving him all the reins. He's going to call the shots and everything. And We see R- all we R- all see how that turned out. Yeah, RG3 was there for three and a half seasons, and it didn't work out, and he was let go. So you turn the keys to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, he feels he's done enough that he wants his money. And the Redskins, they're putting himself in a very difficult situation because if they have to franchise tag him again next season, they're going to have to pay him $34 million. $34 million for another season. The Redskins can't afford that. And Kirk Cousins, he's being smart. I would wait till the end of this season, see how my stock goes, hopefully he'll have a better season this year. And he knows that if he becomes a free agent March of next year, he is going to get offers from all over the place. We're talking San Francisco, maybe Houston, Cleveland, Jacksonville. He's going to get offers. to, And who knows? Kyle Shanahan, he was the coordinator with the Redskins before he went to Atlanta, and now he's the head coach of San Francisco. So I, I heard a lot of people thinking that that's where he's going to end up, and I wouldn't be surprised. Listen, Kirk Cousins is doing the smart thing right now. He is keeping his mouth shut, saying, I'm not going to accept any offers. You can come back to me at the end of the season. He has one more year to show show that he can be a proven quarterback in the NFL. Now, is he right for the system in Washington? No, he's not for the right. He's not right for the system in Washington because there are no good playmakers in Washington. So, I think the best case for him would be to wait, like we're saying, and find another team that actually has playmakers on it. I, I think that Houston would actually be a very good fit for him, although they just. They just drafted Deshaun Watson, Mm -hmm. so they have a young quarterback there, so that might not be the best fit for him. Um, I mean, I think system-wise, he would have been awesome in Houston. I would have been scared to see Kirk Cousins in Houston, but now I can breathe easy because it's just Deshaun Watson, even though he's the college football championship winner 
with the Clemson Tigers. Anyway, um, so Kirk Cousins is doing the right thing. He needs to stay in that system for one more year, show that he can show that he can be a proven, solid quarterback in the NFL, a starting quarterback in the NFL, and next year he'll be getting that money. One thing I know for sure is when Kirk Cousins gets that money from whatever team that gives to him, <clears throat> let's just say the 49ers, for example, he's going to probably tweet the Washington Redskins and tell them, you like that? You like that. <laughs> and they're going to say, no, we don't like that. But, hey. Oh, well. Uh, moving on to Detroit is Megatron heading back to Detroit. There are some reports out there saying that he is in talks with the team about possibly coming out of retirement. JT, how likely is it that we will see the one, the only Megatron back on a football field? Well, Dylan, at this moment, all we can confirm is that the Detroit Red Wings... Or Detroit Red Wings. Whoops. Same city. <laughs> different team. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm jumping ahead to hockey already. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, the Detroit Lions. There we go. There you go. They have made a, a training camp offer for Calvin Johnson, also known as Megatron, to come back to the team. Now, Calvin Johnson, he's been saying he, he retired because of the Lions with all the losing and... Him getting injured and everything, and he has been gone. I think he retired. What was it? 2015? I think that's the last season he yeah, played. Yeah, I think so. I think so, so. I think he he's probably maybe having second thoughts, and maybe feels that maybe if he comes back to Detroit, it's very possible that they could maybe trade him. But personally, do I think it's likely? No. But after we see what happened with Brett Favre and players leaving, like Glenn Coffey and coming back, you never know. Well, although he has he hasn't been on a football field since 2015, mm-hmm. so that's the only bad thing about it. I don't know what he's done since then to keep up what he was doing before. So he has he is a young guy. He's not old by any means. He was actually retiring at a very very young age. Whenever he retired, if you don't mind looking up that age for me, that'd be great. Yeah. I'm um, so he he's a young guy. I think that he can still play the game of football, but he just. And he has, you know, less miles on his tires. But if you look at Adrian Peterson, he was gone from the game for a while. And he wasn't looking very good when he came back. So, you know, it's kind of a uh, high-reward, high-risk situation um, in this this scenario. Because, I mean, if they sign him at a very low contract and he produces this year, then they did a great job. If they sign him for a low contract and he doesn't do well this year, they can just drop him after one year or trade him away like you were saying. So he he'll pro- he probably has the bug. He probably got bit by the bug once again and he just wants to come back. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Detroit. Yeah, Calvin Johnson, he's 31 years old. So like you mentioned, he's still young. He's still young. And for for a wide receiver, he's still young. Yeah, because we look at wide receivers nowadays, Steve Smith and things like that. Yeah. They're getting closer to 40 when they're playing they're playing the sport. So well, not only that, he hasn't played in um well at least 20 2016. So yeah. he's still rested and we saw this, you know, with Marshawn Lynch. He retired and now he's coming back. Yeah. So Calvin Johnson, I think the Lions are just trying to make peace with him right now and look, if he wants to go um they're saying that they could you know release him from the retired player list or something and that would grant him an opportunity to go sign with another team if that's what he wants to do so we'll just have to keep our eye out for the training camp and see what happens another thing hitting the league this season will be a new rule that will allow ejections of coaches during a game so if they get two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties 
during a game, like um, using obscene language towards a referee, things like that, then they have they could possibly get thrown out of the of the, of the game um, for that game and eat possibly even more. So my question to you, JT, which coach do you think will be the first to be ejected based on this rule? Well, if Jim Harbaugh was still in the league, I would go with him <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But he is not at the moment. He is so, oh, let's see. If I had to pick a coach, I know this might sound super easy. Well, Rex Ryan's gone, so it wouldn't be him. Um, I would have to. I'm just gonna go out on a limb and just say Bill Belichick. Why not? Okay. I, I, I guess because Bill Belichick is one person I can see. We saw it during the Super Bowl where he was bad to call and. You can read his lips. I'm not gonna say the words. We got kids probably listening to this podcast, but you can read his lips and tell what he was saying. Yeah. So yeah. they're in the Super Bowl on that yeah. one play. So if he does that a couple more times in the game, then he's probably more likely to get out. But he would be one that I would certainly go with. Um, Dylan, who would be your choice? I'm going with a black horse here because this guy. I you mean, think, a dark horse. Dark horse, black horse, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going with a guy that you probably wouldn't think about unless you heard his name, and I'm I'm thinking of Andy Reid because he gets heated on the sideline, and I could see him blowing up one game and getting ejected because he he gets pretty heated. Good thing about us though with the Titans, our head coach Mike Munchak. Not Mike Munchak, Mike Malarkey. Mike I'm Malarkey. sorry. There's so many Mikes that we've had in the past three, <laughs> like, whatever, four or five years. Anyway, uh, Mike Malarkey, he is so calm and collected on the football field that he will never get ejected from a game. I don't know how much of a good thing that is because I don't really like him being passionless, but maybe he'll change this season. Maybe he'll grow on me more. So, moving on to hockey news, Ilya Kolvacek. I think I said that right. Somewhat. Ilya Kovalchuk. No, okay. Kovalchuk. Uh, decided to stay in the KHL for one more year because he wants to focus on the 2018 Olympics in North Korea or South Korea. No, no. <laughs> one of the Koreas. It's South Korea. Are you sure? I probably should have specified the notes, but it's South Korea. Does Kim Jong-il like hockey? Probably not. Is it Kim Jong-il or Kim Jong-il? I think the only <laughs> sport North Korea is actually plays is soccer. And I only know that because they may actually made the 2010 World Cup. I would hate to lose a game there. Um, so <laughs> do you think that's a good decision for him to stay in the KHL for one more season? Well, I think for Ilya Kovalchuk, he is... Kovalchuk, excuse me. He is... We're both Kovalchuk. struggling. We're struggling with that name here. Kovalchuk. Kovalchuk. There we go. <laughs> he is currently playing for SKA St. Petersburg. In Russia, okay, and he he just recently led them to the Gargarian Cup, that's their Stanley Cup in Russia. Nice. So he's going to stay there for another year because there was talks about the Devils bringing him back, or another team like the Kings might take him, so or Dallas or Montreal. But he's going to stay because he wants to focus on helping Russia win the gold medal in the Olympics next season. Uh, so that's what he's focused on. I think. We know with the Olympics, for the NHL, their players are not going there, which is uh That's bummer, an awful decision. But we'll it's talk awful. about that another day. Yeah, it's awful. So, anyway, so that's what he wants to do. We've also heard rumors that Vladimir Putin has said, no, we don't want any of our players to go play in America right now in the NHL. We need them here in Russia because we want to win gold. And now that we know the NHL is not signing their players... Well, that's going to make Canada probably weaker. That's going to make the USA team a little weaker. Yeah. And the European players that are playing in Europe for Sweden, Finland, uh, Germany, or all these other countries that are probably qualified, 
Czech Republic, you know, they're going to bring in some of their players. But I have to say, Russia, based on the players they can bring in from the KHL, they might be the favorites to win gold in the 2018 Olympics in Korea. If they win the Olympics in 2018 in Korea, do you think there will be an asterisk next to that team simply because there are no other good teams in the chase for the gold medal? I don't think so, only because the NHL decided not to go. And like we mentioned, that's that's a bad decision. I don't know why the NHL doesn't want to go. I understand, okay, the, the GM, the owners don't want to take a break. But then around, you got these GMs giving these players like eight-year contracts. What are you doing? Yeah. Isn't this how the lockout got started the first, like in 20, 2000, 2004, and then the most recent one in, in 2012? Like, come on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know if I'm buying what the owners are selling. Yeah. So, especially when you know the players want to play. I mean, this is a great sport because the World Cup of Hockey, I mean, the World Cup of Hockey is cool, but it's not on the same level as the Olympics. It's just not. not. Definitely not. And the players take pride. Like, the last Olympics that were in 2014 in Russia, believe me, I was up on some cases 4 or 5 in the morning here in the East Coast watching some of the hockey games. Or when the U.S. team was playing at 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. I'll mm-hmm. be up watching the games. I was Especially too. when we played Russia. Yeah. So that was a, a big deal. T.J. Oshie going out against my boy Alex Ovechkin. That was fun. And the biggest memory most people have of hockey... Was the 2010 uh, Vancouver games. Because that was the USA-Canada in the final. Yeah, that too. But they were they also think about the Miracle on Ice as well. Yep, yep. So, you know, feeding into that, they love seeing... A, it's, it's like... With soccer, with the World Cup, or with hockey, with the Olympics, things like that. They they love big stages when these teams perform and, and you know, to show off their nationalism a bit. So, you know, having to say the Olympics, um, you know, in hockey, I think it's a great thing to watch. And so I, I'm just upset that we're not doing, we're not seeing, we're not going to see it next year, but, or in 2018, but it's, it's just... I don't know. Uh, it's awful decision, but we'll move on to the next topic, which is the Edmonton Oilers defenseman Andrew Ferentz is retiring from the league after 16 seasons. How big of a uh, hole is he going to leave on the Edmonton Oilers team, if any? Well, I don't think it'll be much because he only played he only played us uh, games this past season, or I'm sorry, in 2015-16, and he didn't play last season because he was recovering from a hip injury that required surgery. So I'm sure because of the injuries he's had the last couple of years, that's what led to his decision to retire. But he did win the Stanley Cup. He won one with the Boston Bruins in 2000. And he's also been a solid defenseman in the, in the league. He played with the Calgary Flames, and he also played with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Sorry, Dylan. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's had a, a stellar career, and he's just decided, hey, I won a cup. I, I played as long as I could, and now I'm just going to focus on my family and, and kids, and uh, good for him. Let's just hope uh, your boy from the Predators is going to come back soon. My boy, Mike Fisher. Mike Fisher. I hope so. I hope he does. Um, speaking of Mike Fisher, we're going to go into some signings. Um, so, big signings, top draft picks have been signed. Yep, Nico Hersher has been signed from the Devil for the Devils, and Nolan Patrick. He got picked, he got signed by the Flyers. Okay, so those are the two official signings so far. Okay. Signings as well for as the National the Predators. Drafts. Pontus Oddberg mm-hmm. got signed to a two-year contract, and so did Freddie Gaudreau as well. I think he's a three-year contract, actually, for Freddie Gaudreau. The last year is going to be a one-way contract. The first two years are a two-way contract. So congratulations to both of those guys. It'll be great to see those two develop more in the Predator system, and hopefully they will continue to grow in the system and be on the starting lineup one day. 
Definitely. Uh, just down the road here from Orlando, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they made some long-term extensions. So they gave uh, Tyler Johnson a seven-year contract, $35 million. Uh, Tyler Johnson, he had a pretty stellar season. He had 45 points, 66 games for the Tampa Bay Lightning this past season. They also re-signed Andre Palat to a five-year, $26.5 million contract. Andre Palat, he had a pretty solid season, had 17 goals and 35 assists in 75 games last season. So good re-signs from the Lightning. They also brought in Girardi, and they also brought in Chris Kunitz to the team as well. So the Lightning making some moves. That was one of the big things they wanted to check off their list this week was to sign those two players, Johnson and Palat. So congratulations to them for signing those guys and not letting them get away from the team because they're, they're solid pieces in the team um, in Tampa Bay. And it's great to, you know, I, I cheer for the Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, whenever I'm not watching a Nashville Predators game. If they're not playing against Nashville, I'll cheer for Tampa Bay. So it, it's good to see those two players signing again down there in Tampa Bay. And also, the Arizona Coyotes have a brand new head coach, a former Penguins assistant, Rick Tochet. R- Rick Tockett. Rick Tockett. Mm-hmm. That's even better. I kind of like Tochet, though. <laughs> Tochet's like fancy. Wee oui, wee. Oui. It's like French. Anyway, um, Rick Tockett, a uh, former Penguins assistant, is now the head coach there. And there were also some assistant coaching jobs that were filled as well. Yes. Uh, Rick Tockett, as you mentioned, he's going to the Arizona Coyotes. And. He played with them for three seasons um, in his career before he retired. So he did very well with the Penguins. He was there for three seasons, helped him get him a couple cups. So now he's he deserves this promotion. And Arizona, they, they got nothing to lose. They got a bunch of young players that he's going to be in charge of developing. So we'll see if the Coyotes will at least get themselves out of the cellar this upcoming season. As for some assistant coaching jobs, uh, Lindy Ruff, who was a former Dallas Stars coach, he got picked up by the New York Rangers. Mark Recchi, of course, he's replacing Rick Tockett for the Penguins. And then they got Pierre Turgeon. Uh, he used to play all those years with the St. Louis Blues. He's going to be an assistant for the Los Angeles Kings. Very good. Now on to the NBA National Basketball Association. Some news there. We'll just have some quick hits on signings and such. Rudy Gay signed with the San Antonio Spurs on a two-year, $17.2 million deal. JT, you want to add anything to that? I think it's a good sign for the Spurs because Rudy Gay, he's been saying that, hey, I, I believe that Greg Popovich can help me make a, me a better player, and I believe he's going to help me develop, and I want to help bring the Spurs championships. So that was a, a, a big deal for the Spurs. Speaking of the Spurs, we also brought back Manu Ginobili. That was announced yesterday. So he's going to be coming back for his 16th season. Another player that's going to stay around in the NBA, Vince Carter. Yes, the former Memphis Grizzly. He has decided to sign with the Sacramento Kings. He signed a one-year, $8 million contract. The Kings have been pretty busy this free agency in the NBA. They also brought in George Hill and your boy, Zach Randolph, also yeah. from the Memphis Grizzlies. Former uh, teammate of Vince Carter, so that's actually a good signing there. Uh, it's great to see these two guys actually going into another team. I, I, Vince Carter is beating Father Tom right now. He Father Tom is He's four just, years old, and he's currently the oldest player in the NBA. He's incredible. He's actually, And you, you look at a side-by-side picture of him when he first came into the league, and now he has not aged at all. Like He looks exactly the same as he did before. So congratulations to both those guys, too. 
And on to David Griffin. He decides to withdraw his name for consideration to be the next GM. So Scott Perry takes a job up there in uh, New York. So is that a good signing for them? Well, only time will tell Scott Perry. I believe he was with the Orlando Magic organization originally. Then he went to work for three months with the Sacramento Kings before he got this promotion with the New York Knicks. Um, He's very excited to be there. He's going to work things out to try to stabilize the organization. But to me, like we mentioned the past few weeks when Phil Jackson got let go, the Knicks guys said what they want to do with Carmelo. Now, latest rumor is they're trying to work out some deals with the Houston Rockets, but they got to figure out that move first. They got to clear some space and then just bring in some players to develop and make the Knicks uh, a decent team again because they've been a laughing stock this last decade. So they got to turn around eventually. So I wish uh, Scott Perry good luck. And Damian Lillard actually is reaching out to Carmelo Anthony and trying to bring him over to the Trailblazers, so we need to watch out for that as well. And we'll keep you updated on all the latest news in Knicks basketball. Now, heading on over to the NBA Summer League, there have been some, there's been some drama and also some more free agency free agency signings. Um, JT, you want to point out those? Yes. Yeah, so we'll start with the free agency signing first. So. We'll start with the free agency signing first. Jonathan Simmons, who was with the Spurs, he got let go because we brought in Rudy Gay. And Jonathan Simmons, he they had a heart-to-heart meeting with Greg Popovich. And Greg Popovich, they kind of decided, well, Jonathan Simmons decided he wants to play more. He's been in the system for a while with Spurs, with the Austin Spurs coming from the D-League. Now the G League. Yeah. And getting promoted to Spurs. He's been there for three seasons. Been a solid player, bench player for the team, but he, he wants more playing time. And because they brought in Rudy Gay and Ginobili, you know, Ginobili's Pop's guy. Yeah. So Pop's decided to stick with his own players, and Jonathan Simmons had to find somewhere else to play. Now the Magic, this is a big deal for them because they needed depth at that position. And they signed to a good contract. It's only $6 million per year contract to three years. So I think he's going to be a leader for the Orlando Magic. And he's going to try to help those young players develop and make the Orlando Magic a better team. Now, considering the Eastern Conference is weaker than the Western Conference right now, the Magic, I would say they're, they'll probably be a team that's going to improve. They'll probably be on the cusp of making the playoffs. But we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Now, as far as the NBA Summer League is concerned, there were some drama. Markel Fultz, he, he was a top pick by the Philadelphia 76ers. And he got injured early in the Summer League, uh, injured his legs or his ankle, and the Sixers have pulled him out for the rest of the summer league because they want him to recover. So the Sixers, man, they just can't catch a break. Ben Simmons last year, Joel Embiid, and now Markel Fultz. Like, what are these guys going to do? Uh, they just keep tanking, getting players, and then they keep getting hurt. Yeah. So the Sixers can't catch a break. But the star of the summer league was, you Lonzo guessed it, Ball. Lonzo Ball. Big baller brand, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, right? So he got, like, two triple-double uh, games and in the last game he also had 16 points and like 11 assists wow. and like six. So he was tearing up in his last game. Now in the championship game they played the Portland Trailblazers. He didn't play in that game because he injured his calf. Okay, but the Lakers won the summer league championship in Vegas. They won that and Lonzo Ball was nominated as the MVP for the summer league. So that was pretty cool. Now I know what you're thinking. You're freaking out saying, Lonzo Ball got the MVP of the Summer League, yay. No, don't freak out because this is the Summer League, people, okay? These are new recruits going into the NBA, new draft players going into the NBA, not the 
quality we see in the NBA. So don't freak out yet. I think the Lonzo Ball is going to get a rude awakening in the NBA. But we'll see whenever the season starts. But just uh, don't don't get too hyped up on the Lonzo Ball train yet. Because I think it's going to be a very rude awakening for him once he hits the league. So now it's on to JT's infamous football recap of the week. World renowned. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Dylan. And here I'm going to recap the latest from the beautiful game. So let's start with some MLS. There was only one game that happened within the last couple weeks. Sporting Kansas City take on the Philadelphia Union on July 7th. That game finished in a 1-1 draw. MLS, they will kick off their games tonight after taking a couple weeks off because of the CONCACAF Gold Cup. So let's recap the standings and the playoff spots just to get an update what's going on in the league. So in the Eastern Conference, the Chicago Fire, they are in the lead with 38 points. Toronto FC is in second with 38 points. New York City FC is in third with 33 points. Atlanta United, who we're playing this Friday, is in fourth with 30 points. Orlando City, our boys, they're in fifth with 29 points. And sixth place is the Columbus Crew at 28 points. The New York Red Bulls are on the outside looking in with 26 points. And in the Western Conference, Sporting KC is up in first with 32 points. FC Dallas is in second with 31 points. Houston Dynamo, third with 28 points. Portland Timbers, 27 points. In fifth, San Jose Earthquakes, 26 points. Vancouver in sixth. 24 points, and the Seattle Sounders, the defending MLS Cup champions, are on the outside looking in with 24 points. All right, speaking of MLS news, Nashville was in the news the last couple weeks. Uh, The commissioner, Don Garber, was in Nashville for their Gold Cup match on July 8th when the U.S. men's national team was playing Panama. That finished in the 1-1 draw, and Don Garber was saying, I like Nashville. They're a type of market that MLS is looking for. And if they got the money involved and if they can get a stadium plan, they're moving up the list. So they could be a dark horse candidate that could get into MLS expansion. So we'll keep our eye on that. All right. Speaking of American soccer, let's talk about the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. That happened this past week as well. So for the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup, there was only three games played because FC Cincinnati against the Miami SC. That game was postponed because of that monsoon weather that me and Dylan were stuck in last week went to Tampa for the Gold Cup. Yep. That was all over Miami, so they could not play. So that game got postponed till August 2nd. So the recap, a few of the games of the quarterfinals. The New York Red Bulls, they defeated the New England Revolution 1-0. Bradley White Phillips scored a goal in the 87th minute to give them the 1-0 victory for them. The New York Red Bulls will play the winner of FC Cincinnati and Miami FC in the next month, August 9th. Sporting Kansas City... They had to go to extra time to beat FC Dallas. FC Dallas had two men, two players sent off with red cards. So they were down to nine men. Sporting Kansas City scored three goals in extra time to beat them 3-0 to advance. And the San Jose Earthquakes, they won the rematch of the California Classico against the LA Galaxy 3-2. So the San Jose Earthquakes will be playing Sporting Kansas City in the semifinal for the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. All right, speaking of... The Orlando City news. Orlando City did not play any games this week, but our, Dylan's boy, your boy, Kaka. Kaka. He got selected to his third All-Star game appearance, so he will be representing Orlando City. Our, uh, the All-Star game will be on August 2nd in Chicago as the MLS All-Stars will be taking on Real Madrid. 
Also, some Orlando City, you know, Orlando City news, Kyle Larian. He has been called up to the Canadian men's national team for the Gold Cup for the quarterfinals. And Orlando City, their B squad, they recently got a 1-1 draw against Tampa Bay Rowdies and are still looking good in the USL. Uh, for the ladies, Orlando Pride. Ladies! That's right, Dylan. They were busy this week, <laughs> unlike the men, and they had played two games this past week. They had a game against the Washington Spirits, and they got a the ladies got a 2-2 draw in that game. And in their most recent game, they had played this past Saturday against FC Kansas City. Man, the ladies were really bringing it in that game. Alana Kennedy and Alex Morgan, she's back. Yeah. She got a goal. So Orlando Pride, they were up 2 nothing, And then Megan Kelly's got it on the board for FC Kansas City. And then Tony Presley scored a six-shot from the cross and to get them a 3-1 lead. Tony Presley also got nominated for goal of the week in the NWSL. And Kirsten Edmonds scored in the 75th minute that clinched Orlando Pride's victory. Orlando Pride is now only two points behind Portland Thorns for that playoff spot. And also for Orlando Pride, Aubrey Bledsoe also got nominated for Save of the Week. She's been playing really well since our starting goalkeeper got injured early in the year. All right, so the Orlando Pride, they were playing the Red Stars this weekend. Now, speaking of the CONCACAF Gold Cup. That's right. The CONCACAF Gold Cup was going on. Me and Dylan, we were down in Tampa last Wednesday. We saw the two games there. It was great. We saw Panama and Nicaragua. Panama got a 2-1 victory in that game. Yeah, they did. And the U.S. men, even though they were a little little nervous, they got a win over Martinique. (laughs) 3-2. Canada, they advanced as well. They... Young player Alfonso Davies, he scored. He's the youngest player to score for the Canadian national team. He had a hat trick, and he is 16. Uh, Mexico, they also advanced as well, and Jamaica advanced as well, as well as Honduras. So let's give you a recap. Not recap. I'm sorry. Let's just give you some care of the teams that advanced and who's playing in the quarterfinals. So Costa Rica is playing Panama right now. That's zero zero. The USA. They will be playing El Salvador tonight in Philadelphia. That game's at 9 o'clock. Jamaica's playing Canada on Thursday in the quarterfinals. Mexico will be playing Honduras. All right, some quick transfer updates just to let you know what's going on there. Leonardo Bonucci, he has said ciao to Juventus, and he's now saying buongiorno to the Rosaneri as he has signed a contract with AC Milan. Danny Alves, he is going to PSG. Kaisuke Honda, he is not coming to MLS as he is signed to sign with Pachuca in Liga MX. Alvaro Morato, according to reports, is saying he has signed a contract with Chelsea. And Ibrahimovic, he turned down a record deal to sign with MLS with the LA Galaxy, $7.5 million. It looks like he is going to stay at Manchester United. All right. So last thing I'm going to conclude for the football recap of the week. Just to give you some games to keep an eye on this week. Of course, I already mentioned the CONCACAF Gold Cup quarterfinals, so please watch that. Orlando City, don't forget, big game this Friday night. We are playing Atlanta United. Atlanta United apparently is already talking trash already because they put a billboard in downtown Orlando that says, Hey, Orlando, we're coming to conquer. Wow. What? Wow. But guess what, Dylan? We are playing Atlanta United next week up in Atlanta. So I hope we put a billboard somewhere in downtown Orlando saying, 
hey, the Hungry Lions are coming for you or something like that. Something. So watch that game Friday night, 7 p.m. on ESPN. As I mentioned, the Chicago Red Stars will be playing Orlando Pride. That will be at 3.30 on Lifetime. And then on Sunday, Seattle Sounders take on San Jose Earthquakes. That will be at 10.30. And that will conclude my football recap of the week. But before I do that, let's call on our man, Uncle Bob Peters. Thanks for joining me on the show tonight. How are you doing? Oh, thanks for uh, letting me call in. You know, when you're an old man like me, you have to be home early, you know, for bedtime early. So I'm, I appreciate the honor to be able to call from home, you know. So. You're in your little booties at home. It's, like, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. No, right. not that. <laughs> All right, Uncle Bobby. Well, let's get into it. I uh, just want to get your opinion on, because I'm sure you, sure you saw this in the Orlando Sentinel, where the Atlanta United Football Club, they purchased a billboard in downtown Orlando to send a message to Orlando City for the game on Friday night saying, hey, Orlando, we are coming to conquer. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so uh, I'm really confused why they would do that. I mean, I know the billboard company is happy to get the business because I've heard that the uh, billboard uh, industry itself has not been doing very well lately, so I guess they're happy. I don't know if they gave a discounted rate or not. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know because that could backfire. You know, I don't know why they're even doing it. I mean, are they considering Orlando to be their rival, you know? since they're kind of close. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, I, I've never understood the trash talk. I mean, this goes back to, like, other sports. When a player, you know, starts trash talking before a game, and then they end up, you know, backfiring when they play. Yeah, So, true. you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, Friday night. We'll see if it, uh, if it causes any difference or if the Phil Rawlings curse continues. But I just don't – I just never understood that, you know. They can talk the talk, but can they walk the walk is what you're saying. Right, right. All I can say is stay classy, Orlando City fans. Stay classy. All right, right. Uncle Bobby, um, let's talk some Wimbledon. I don't know if you had a chance to catch any of the Wimbledon tournament the past couple of weeks, but just to give you a quick recap of what happened, um, Novak Djokovic, he was forced to retire due to an injury. He was the number one player in tennis. Then you had Andy Murray. He was the defending champion. He won it this past year. He got ousted in the quarterfinals by an American. Sam Query, uh, Rafael Nadal, he was also knocked out. And then Venus Williams, she was basically on cruise control going through the women's tournament. She made it all the way to the final when everyone was expecting her to win, but she shockingly lost to Garbin Margarosa in the Wimbledon's ladies' final. She becomes the first Spanish lady to win it in 23 years. And then, of course, Roger Federer, there, that man again. He wins his eighth Wimbledon title. He's at 35, becomes the oldest player to win it, and he did not lose any sets at all during his matches. And he gets his 19th major title. So, Uncle Bobby, what are your thoughts of uh, recapping the Wimbledon tournament? Yeah. So first off, I'm surprised that Venus even played after the accident she was in. Um, and of course, the controversy initially, and then the video shows a different uh, uh, scenario of what happened. But I was surprised that she even was able to play. Uh, I don't know if she was injured looking at the accident, but I mean, even just the mindset. So maybe that's why she made it so good. But then in the finals, maybe it just gave up. I don't know for sure. Um, and as far as the um, Roger Federer, I mean, you know, you guys are unstoppable right now. Between him and uh, Rafael Nadal, I mean, you know, they're pretty much on fire. So. Uh, I mean, and Nadal was out, you know, early, so uh, they thought he was going to go all the way. So, you know, it was nice to see Federer win again. Um, but I was more concerned about the whole uh, 
wall wide rolled that one player was wearing I guess black underwear, so they had to go change you know, uh during the match. Yeah, and also I was white, yeah. uh yeah, I was also uh, that one uh, lady tennis player, uh, Bethany Matek Sands, who had basically had that little bad knee injury uh, during her match, and then uh, she's down there laying, screaming, asking for help, and nobody's come up to help her. You know, that that just shocked me that no one was able to rush up to help her. So uh, that was my take from woman in itself. All right, Uncle Bobby, let's recap some of the latest from the All Star festivities for baseball this past week. So Aaron Judge he wins the home run derby. Uh, Michael, no surprise there. Yep. Uh, Michael Jordan and Derek Jeter are rumored to be in line to buy the Miami Marlins. Uh, as far as the game goes, the game was a really good game. Went to extra innings, went to 10 innings, and Robinson Cano hits a walk-off home run for the American League to defeat the National League 2-1. to uh, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred, he is saying that they are considering Montreal, Mexico City, and Charlotte as far as expansion teams down the road, but he wants to focus on getting the stadiums resolved in Oakland, and down the road here in Tampa Bay with the Tampa Bay Rays. And, of course, we know the second half of the season is about to kick off as teams make their playoff push. So, Uncle Bobby, what are your thoughts on the baseball season so far? Okay, so I'll get to one of those uh, uh, things during my loser segment. Okay. But as far as the All-Star game, um, so I read a story about the parking down there was pretty uh, horrendous and trying to leave the game. So after the... Uh, home run derby was what happened with the uh, traffic flow that a lot of people left early during the actual all-star game. Um, so when it came down to be the uh, 10th inning with the final that they think more than almost one half had left already. I don't know for sure. Uh, so a lot of people didn't see the end. Hmm. Um, and also I just don't understand the whole home run uh, derby anymore. You know, it's to this nice thing to get that you can bring whoever you want to pitch to you for your, uh, for your actual, uh, you know, uh, derby itself. But I always thought maybe they should just go to, like, everybody gets so many pitches, but they use one of those actual batting cage machines. Yeah. You know, yeah. and hopefully it's an even amount. And then that way, you know, everybody gets so many pitches off that and just see if it changes the course of the game. Um, I don't know if it would or not for the context, but, you know, it's just when you watch, you know, who's throwing the ball and, it's, you know, you, just, you always got to wonder, you know, are they, you know, they throwing a uh, really, you know, curveball or softball or whatever, you know, just, so I always thought that, you know, maybe they should change that. And also, as far as the um, uh, the expansion, I just kind of wonder, why would you want to go back to Montreal, you know, uh, since that pretty much failed already? Um, so maybe it's because the – I only imagine what the franchise money will be to get a new team into the league. Uh, but, I mean, I could see it probably working in Charlotte, uh, Mexico City. I mean, I don't know if they're really into it down there that much um, as far as they like our football. But uh, we'll definitely see off of that. Great. Now let's move on to miscellaneous news. Uh, Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor got into it on stage during their global tour. They had four cities they hit during their global tour, uh, promoting their their boxing match coming up on August 16th? That was August 26th. Maybe August twenty sixth. Yeah, August twenty sixth. It's it's yeah. in August. Um, so they're Just they're they're matching August. Um, they were promoting that. So of course they wanted to set off some fireworks during those press conferences, and they did, which was great. Yes, it's August twenty sixth. August twenty sixth, and so um, that's gonna be a huge fight down um, in Las Vegas. And the IOC will announce simultaneous bids for the two thousand twenty four and two thousand twenty eight Olympics for Paris and Los Angeles, which that will be very cool to. Um, witness JJ Watt takes a shot at LeVar Ball's big baller brand shoes on social media 
and uh, he posted his own shoes, the JJ2 shoes, for $100 instead of the $450 price tag or something like that for the Big Waller brand shoes. Yep. Uh, moving on to Tim Tebow, his batting average has actually been pretty good at 306 with three home runs and 14 RBIs since promotion to the St. Lucie Mets. We will be going to see Tim Tebow and the St. Lucie Mets on Friday going up against the Florida Fire Frogs here in Kissimmee, which will be a very fun game to watch. It's at 7.05, so make sure you go see that because I'm, I think there are plenty of tickets available still to go see that game. So it's a fun game. I think we bought we paid like 12 bucks for dugout seats, so it's not it's not expensive at all. So go out there and uh, support the Florida Fire Frogs and also see Tim Tebow. And uh, it also looks like the GM of the Mets, Sandy Alderson, believes that Tebow will not be called up to the majors in 2017, even though he's currently on a 12-game hit streak as well. So, you know, I, never say never. That's what I like to say. And okay, in this Justin situation, Bieber. well, <laughs> never say never. Um, in this situation, I feel as though they should have kind of held off on saying that. But, you know, hey, Sandy Alderson, you do you. That's all I got to say. Uncle Bob, you got any thoughts on our miscellaneous news? Yeah, so on the, uh, the Tim Tebow deal, so I guess he finally came out and admitted that uh, they they pretty much promoted him to uh, for the uh, attendance marker, you know, yeah. because of what he had done already in his yeah. first uh, team. And um, to say they're not going to call him up makes no sense, you know, because you know it's going to happen come this September, especially if they're uh, not in the playoffs, you know, or if they are. Um, but I, I, I tell you, I, you know, I miss the old uh, – minor league before uh used to be the twins and i missed the whole old uh spring training games when it used to be back in the day where you actually could talk to the players more and they'd, they'd sign autographs on the bus you know things like that so so i miss it from what it used to be to what it is now um uh so we'll see how it goes but yeah it should be interesting because uh what they're doing at the uh Kissimmee stadium for those uh games with uh tim tebow coming in especially with the uh, star wars nights that should be pretty fun to see when that happens so yeah, the crazy thing with Tebow, though, is with his baseball, he said he hasn't played baseball since high school. So for him to be doing this well, I mean, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty awesome. So it, uh, hopefully right. he, he continues to go on this upward upward trend because, I mean, he's a great guy. He, he I think he deserves to have a shot somewhere. I mean, I, I think he was a great quarterback in the NFL, even though he wasn't the prototypical quarterback. Um, I think he could have still been a, a stellar player in the league if he would have converted to either a tight end or a fullback. I think he would have been very successful, but he didn't want to do that. He wants to do his baseball thing. So Tim Tebow, like I said about Sandy Alderson, you do you, man. Just uh, keep on keeping on, and hopefully good things will come your way. So on to Uncle Bobby's scam of the week. Bobby, I'm giving you the microphone. Okay, so we're going to do ball winners, losers, and scam, or just scams? We'll do scams yeah, do first. Scams. We'll do scams first. Scams first? Yes. Yeah, scams okay, first. so I got, I got, of course, I got two scams that we missed last week. Uh, the first one, all right, so I, I've always had a tube TV, 13 inch, it was great, you know, uh, worked perfect, hook up the cable, good to go. Upgraded to a 27 inch tube TV. Oh. Uh, DVD player, VCR, same thing, hook it up, cable, ready to go. There you go. So I finally would put, so I decided, okay, I'll just. And give me a flat panel, you know, HD TV. Okay. Uh, 100, 100, 120 bucks at Best Buy, you know, insignia, nothing nothing fancy, but hey, it works for me. I'm happy. Uncle Bob, so are you got trying to tell me you got a date night or something going on over there? No, 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 no. It's just for me. It's just for me. <laughs> so, anyway, anyway ahead, so I, yeah, I bring it home and I hook it up. I'm ready to watch TV. I program it, and guess what? All I'm getting is like four channels because of the digital box. 
and the scam where you have to have the HMI cable hooked up, oh, which, yeah. of course, I didn't know because oh, it doesn't say on the box. No. And, uh, you know, I didn't go and talk to the experts, you know, because I don't want to be upsold, as we say. You know, <laughs> why are you buying a 32-inch TV for 120 We could sell you this 50-inch for 500 you know, things like that. So, of course, I had to go back and buy the HMI cable and, uh, you know, I had to hook that up, and then everything was fine. Uh, but, of course, I missed part of the uh, home run derby. So, you know, because I was all set to watch it to see how it was going to play out, you know. Because what I really like watching about the home run derby is the kids out there trying to catch the balls. You know, yeah, that's, that's the funniest great. thing, watching them, that's you know, great. catch the flies and stuff. Um, so that's my scam there. Um, and then the other scam is the this whole franchise tag with the NFL. Um, so Kirk Cousins got uh, franchised again. Yep. Now yep. he's going to end up making over two years $44 million off of the franchise tag, and they offered him a $53 million guarantee for five. Yeah, and he turned it down. He's thinking, like, why would I do that, you know? If you're going to give me another $24 million for one year guaranteed, why would I want to do five for 53 So I just don't understand the NFL and how they allow this to go through, you know? I mean, I feel the franchise tag should be, if it's going to be one player, it's one player one time, that's it, okay? Yeah, you yeah. can't give it to him, you give it to him. Um, and I just don't understand it because they're basically paying him more money over two years than they would pay him over the time, and I'm thinking, like, you know, that's what, that's what I don't understand. So I don't know how you all feel about it. But I just think the franchise tag to me is just a, a big scam and, you know, it should be, it should be gone, but you know. Yeah. Uncle Bobby, I talked about this earlier with Dylan in our football segment. And I had mentioned that if Kirk Cousins, like if he gets franchise tag again for next season, the Redskins will be on the hook for $34 million for the next that's year. That's crazy. And like I mentioned, like you were saying earlier, Kirk million dollar contract because he knows that if he waits, he's going to get more money. And this is what it's really all about. Kirk Cousins trying to get more money. Kirk Cousins trying to get more money. And can you blame him? When he got drafted, he got drafted the same year RG3 got drafted. And Dan Snyder, he loved RG3. I love RG3. I wanted to play. And we all saw how that went. And then Kirk Cousins, he plays. He felt he's outplayed his contract. He deserves a long-term contract. But the Redskins are playing hardball and crying foul. And Kirk Cousins is like, hey, if y'all aren't going to pay me money, I'll go somewhere else. And he knows there's going to be teams like Houston, maybe Jacksonville, maybe San Francisco, because this old coordinator, Kyle Shanahan, is now coaching the team over there. They're going to be paying up the money. And I'm yeah. telling you one thing, Uncle Bobby, when whoever pays in the money, he's going to stick it to the Redskins, and he's going to tell them, you like that? You like that. Give him that money. That's why he's wanting. He's wanting that money, man. But anyway, go ahead, Uncle Bobby. Let me let you respond. Like I said, that's what I don't understand. It's just crazy, you know? So I just... Like I said, I, I, you know, the NFL acts like they're trying to protect themselves with the way to do the contracts, but the franchise tag to me is, especially when it's that amount of money, you know. I mean, when you see players maybe getting like four or five million, that's one thing, but to get 20 some million for one year, that's crazy. But, you know, that's their deal, so. Yeah, I agree. So let's move on to winners and losers this week. Uh, Bobby, I think you see you prepared two, right? Oh, yeah, I got two of each. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I'll mess around here. <laughs> okay, well, don't mess around and uh, go on with your winners and losers. Okay, so uh, my two winners, the first one is Tampa Bay Buccaneer O.J. Howard, the wide receiver from Alabama. Um, he decided to create a foundation, um, which is nice to see uh, any any athlete who, you know, comes in the league and, you know, has a nice a nice contract and decides to uh, help out others in need. So he basically created a foundation, and his first uh, thing he did was his old Alamala, um, 
Akagua Academy, I hope I pronounced that right, he basically gave them, uh, all the kids, uh, backpacks full of back- school supplies. That's awesome. So it was like 289 backpacks. So that's really nice. You know? I mean, like, that's my ultimate goal. My ultimate job would be to run my own foundation, which I've kind of done with, uh, I had my brother pass away a while back and uh, um, was less of stuff. So I kind of decided to, you know, give a bunch away. And, you know, that's why, I, you know, want to help finance this uh, out of bounds, you know, because I'm doing it in his honor. Uh, and the other, uh, the other uh, winner is Dak Prescott. So uh, basically um, he met a family of a uh, law enforcement officer from uh, Mississippi, um, uh, Officer Gurr, who was uh, passed in the line of duty back in May. Um, and his uh, family are big Minnesota, I mean, Mississippi State football fans themselves. So what happened was they told the son they were going out to a, uh, like a, a park, uh, like botanical garden, but instead they actually met with Dak Prescott. So he actually met with the family and that, you know, hung out with the son and everything. So that was real nice of him, you know, that, uh, he took time to meet with that family. Um, so that's my other winner right there. Awesome. Uh, losers. Okay. So the first loser was during the all-star game. I don't understand how they allowed, I've never seen it before, that uh, Alex Rodriguez went out during the game in between innings onto the field to interview the players. I just don't understand that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys witnessed it or not. I didn't. I, I've seen it before, though. Uh, you know, oh, have I, you? Okay. I never saw it before, but I just it makes no sense. I mean, they're playing the game. They're playing the game. I mean, you interview them on the sideline or in the dugout like they do with the you know with the coaches and stuff. But they actually go on the field. I just, you know, to me, that, was, that made no sense. But, you know. I guess they're trying to do it for ratings. I don't know for sure. I guess. Better TV coverage, I think. So. Yeah. Okay. And my other loser would be this whole NFL uh, with the Chargers moving. Um, you know, they're basically they're, they're not doing very good financially. The, the owner is, you know, uh, not doing well himself. Uh, so possible rumor was that after he, uh, if he passes away, it'd be like the uh, uh, Buffalo Bills where the family would sell. They're saying they're not going to. But they don't have uh, very much money, so they have a flip tax, um, and the NFL is going to let um, uh, the Chargers pay it longer than, than the normal 10 years. Um, so, to me, I just don't understand that they allow teams to be able to move, and then, you know, they're going to another city that a team's already there, and share the stadium, and I don't know if they're, even know if they're going to stay there, you know? I mean, like I said, the whole story about San Diego was, if they would have let the whole county of San Diego vote, they may have got the stadium approved, but they didn't do that. And then if you figure the uh, charges have to pay all is, you know, several hundred million dollars for the move and everything when the stadium wouldn't cost uh, less than that. So that's my other loser is just how the NFL can allow that to happen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, we, we talked about that a few weeks ago whenever they that news first broke and, it's sad for the city, um, but you know, hey, uh, life goes on. I guess in San Diego, they they still have uh, you know Ron Burgundy there on their newscasts and everything. So all's good there. All's good in San Diego. Right. So uh, okay. moving on to JT's winners and losers. Go ahead, JT. All right, everyone. So my winner this week is the Miami FC for finally clinching the spring title. They defeat San Francisco Deltas seven nil. That's a touchdown, Dylan. To clinch that title, they that. also beat them this past week 3-1 to one, in San Francisco to clinch the title. They won the league by 10 points, so they win the spring season. We still got a fall season to go see who the other teams are going to join them in the playoffs. But good job for the Miami C. I wish them good luck in the U.S. Open Cup. 
My other winner this week is quickly is just the Washington Nationals making that trade um, a couple days ago to bring in Sean Doolittle and Ryan Madsen from the Oakland A's. The Washington Nationals bullpen was just awful, awful, giving up a five point. .526 ERA combined, they really need to fix that. Otherwise, they were going to blow that division and let the Atlanta Braves come back. So, good for them. They finally string that bullpen. Looks like they're on the way to the playoffs. My loser this week is obviously one, the black underwear industry for putting them on those tennis players and had to go change. <laughs> what were you guys thinking there, guys? I I absolutely have no idea. But you're making the, your, the black underwear industry is losing money. Thanks to you guys. <laughs> And my other loser this week, or this past week, is Andre Roberson. He's a guard for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm not sure if you guys heard this story, but he recently got a contract extension, three years, $30 million. So he went to a bar a couple weeks ago in Oklahoma City. He bought one wine bottle, and he spent $487.13 on this bottle of wine. That must have been a good bottle of wine. I know, right? That was a really but aged that's wine. That's not the worst of it, okay? The worst of it is is that he tipped the bartender only $13. Oh. You spent that much money oh, and you only tipped the gosh. guy $13? Come on, man. Come on, so, man. So, Andre Roberson, he that is my the wine? of the week. The wine was like 400 bucks, and he spent $13 on a tip. Uh, okay, I see. Okay, what I the heck is that? After he just got, after he just got a thirty million dollar contract extension. What the heck is that about? Wow, wow, Dylan, you're next, man. All right, well, I only have one uh, per winner and loser, so my winner this week is Floyd Money Mayweather and Conor McGregor because they just got money for standing on a stage talking like middle school children. Oh, that comedy show for like thirty <laughs> minutes per city. So. Four cities, uh, they, they worked an, two hours, essentially, all together, and they got paid big money to be on that stage for that. So congratulations to them. I wish I had their life. And uh, Chris Christie, the former governor of North... Uh, actually, no, he's the current governor uh, of New, New Jersey. Jersey. Yep. Um, he was booed at a New York Mets game after he caught a foul ball. So uh, that's my loser of the week, Chris Christie getting booed. At the Mets game. So there you have it. Were there it. any kids around there? Probably. No, there were, I saw this on ESPN. They had a kid that he, he caught the ball and he had the kid sign it. But the kid wasn't smiling or nothing. So I don't know what that's. What's says. the kid trying to go for it? Because, you know, you know, whenever you see a foul ball, like, you know, that everybody's trying to go for it. Yeah. Um, did, you, did you see this show, like, they were trying to go for it along with him? Or did, did it show in the video or no? I don't know. I didn't see the video. No, the video just saw him, him catching it. And then when he caught it, he had a. A kid signed it, or one of the kids signed it. Interesting. But that's all oh, okay. I saw. Okay. Awesome. Well, uh, on to final thoughts. Bobby, the microphone is yours once again. Okay, final thoughts. Yeah, so um, it should be interesting, like I said, with this Friday's uh, uh, Orlando City, uh, Atlanta FC. This should be interesting because uh, first got to wonder how the stadium is held up for all this rain they've been having. Uh, right. Because, it's been a you know, the field itself. <laughs> With the sprinklers and stuff, you know, and all that? Yeah, yeah. So I just wonder how the drainage is on there and how it's going to look, uh, the field's going to look itself. But, uh, but yeah, it should be an interesting match on Friday, so uh, if the weather holds out anyway. Yeah, true. JT? Well, my final thought is just going to wish the best for the Jacksonville Armada FC. Uh, Bob, I don't know if you heard this story, but Robert Palmer, no, no, not that Robert Palmer, not the singer, no, not him, but Robert Palmer, he's the entrepreneur for RP funding, which is like a mortgage lending company. Yeah. So yeah. 
He, they're based here in Orlando. The RP Money Minute on XL 106.7. Yep, yep. There you go. So he just recently purchased the soccer team, Jacksonville Armada, in the NASL. Um, that deal was announced yesterday. So very big deal. Um, Robert Palmer also has his name, uh, his company, RP Funding, on the what used to be the Lakeland Center, now known as RP Funding City. That's where the Orlando Magic's G League team is going to be playing there. This upcoming season, the Lakeland the Magic. G League. I know, oh, I'm, still, awful. I'm still getting used to that. That's awful. So, but I wish them uh, good luck buying that team. The, the Jacksonville Armada, they were a team that nearly went folded and kaput and let all the players go. And the owner of the, who previously owned the team, pretty much said, Oh, I don't want to pay any money on this team. I just want it to go away. So, the league took the team and ran them for six, seven months. And then they worked really hard to find a buyer, and it's really good that they find to find someone who, even though he's based in Orlando, he has uh, Jacksonville ties because his wife is from there. So, wish him the best of luck, and congrats to Jacksonville Armada for getting that, and uh, hopefully they'll have a successful second half of the season, the NASL, and maybe we'll see in the playoffs, and good future for that team. But wish him luck. So, oh, go so ahead, my Bobby. thought on that is, oh, sorry, my thought on that is, uh, I bet you all the players, if they want to refinance, they have to go through him. Maybe I don't know. They do, they do exactly. <laughs> that, that, that's the contract they'll sign with RP Funding. Is is they have to go through them for their financing. Well, RP yeah. Funding, he was talking in his press conference. I watched some of it yesterday. He mentioned that he does have. Um, they have some RP Funding companies up in Jacksonville. Of course, they so do. So he's working really oh, yeah. hard to of advertising, they do. Yeah. advertising yeah. that company for his soccer team. And they're already on the jerseys because Jacksonville didn't have a sponsor. Now it's sponsored by RP Funding on the jerseys. Perfect. Uh, my final All thoughts right. go out to the show, actually. I'm very glad to be back. It's great to have taken the break we did. We needed a break a week off just to kind of, you know, gather ourselves, have a little rest. You know, it was fantastic. So it's great to be back. It's great to be back on the airwaves. And uh, thanks for listening to the show today, guys. Make sure to fill, listen to us on Google Play, on uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. Rate us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. Speaking of ratings, we did get a rating this past week. And I'm going to be pulling it up while um, we are doing this. So uh, my email is dylan at outofboundspodcast.com. You can email me with any suggestions or feedback for the show. Also, you can hit us up on I, on um, Facebook and Twitter. Our Twitter is OOB Podcast, and our Facebook is Out of Bounds with Dylan James. JT, what are your social media handles? Well, before I give out my social media handles, I just wanted to say a special thanks to my special friends who were able to join me and Dylan in Tampa last week at yes. the game. Yes. So, love to you guys. Love you. So, you can reach me on Twitter at JTSaka88. That's at JTSOCKA88. You can email me at JT at outofboundspodcast.com. You can also reach out to me on my blog, my personal sports blog. It's called JT the Sports Guy. So we're still on the watch for Ball Washer for Hire on Twitter. Is it is it up yet, or is it still in the works? Okay, so I decided to retire that. I have a new one. I Uh-oh. just did, but I don't want to give out the name yet. Okay. I, I want to verify that it's good. Okay. Um, but what I'll do is uh, I will give it out uh, next show. Perfect. Um, I already got it on there, um, and I was just checking some of our Twitter feeds. Uh, to make sure I was accurate and everything was good. Perfect. So uh, once I'm on there and I start uh, posting stuff, I'll let you know, and then I'll, I'll be on Twitter. We look forward to that. So the review this week is from beastlykingdom.com. <laughs> Don't ask me. Uh, the review says, this podcast is where I get my sports news. I've even started to skip through a little less of the football coverage. Oh, a thank little. you. Thank you. 
And they also demand Uncle Bobby, which is why Uncle Bobby is on the phone with us tonight. Um, thanks again, Uncle Bobby, for joining us on the show. We always enjoy having you here. And we will talk to you next week. And we will talk to all of you next week as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.